All right. Notice in verse 30 of Jeremiah chapter 6, it says, Reprobate silver shall men call them, because the Lord hath rejected them. Now, I hope you all were paying close attention to everything in that chapter, because I wish I had time to preach through the whole chapter to kind of set things up for the message and to prove some things about reprobates. But just notice in verse 19, he says, Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. Now, I'm not going to preach the whole reprobate doctrine. You've all heard it here before. But the thing with a reprobate, a reprobate means rejected. This is somebody that is without the hope of salvation. And while Baptists, out of fear of backlash from the homos, have backed away from this teaching, and that's the only reason they backed away, is because it's so clear that homos are reprobates and they don't want to offend every grandma in the church that has a homo grandson. It's crystal clear that the Bible makes it, I mean, crystal clear, there are some people that are just beyond hope. They're, they are rejected. And I'm telling you, there's this one thing after another I can point out in Jeremiah chapter 6 that just proves it. And Jeremiah 6.30 is a verse we often go to just showing the definition of reprobate. Because it says, reprobate silver shall men call them because the Lord hath rejected them. Something that is reprobate is something that is rejected. It is something that is worthless. It has no value to it whatsoever. That is what reprobate means. Uh, the term Belial, we'll see some, we're going to be looking at some verses uh, with that in a little while, but that means unprofitableness, wickedness, worthless is one of the titles for it. Worthless, just no good at all. And people often will, re, you know, they'll try to refute what's in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 30, because if you just go and you read a few verses ahead in chapter 7, you know, he's calling Israel back. Well, it doesn't say there in chapter 6 that they were reprobate yet, but He said that they were going to be called that. You know why? Because God spoke to them over and over again. We see that and they just keep rejecting them. Every IFB pastor knows Jeremiah 6.16 where it says, ask for the old paths, but they don't want to read the verses before it or verses after it. They don't want to look at the context. They don't want to look at who it's talking to. In fact, it's talking about Israel. And what did they say? We will not walk therein. God's calling on them. They know the truth and they are rejecting the truth. We are seeing these people just in the face of God rejecting and rejecting. And if you read, keep reading in chapter 7, past where the Baptists want to read, you'll see that sure enough, they were called reprobate silver. They continue to reject and God's didn't, God did not give them repentance. God did not allow them to get right because they were reprobate. Okay? And in uh, Romans chapter 1, and verse, uh, verse 28 says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So right there, makes it very clear that a reprobate, this is somebody that knew the truth and they just rejected it. This is somebody that God did love. It's somebody that God did speak to. Somebody that God did try, you know, reach out to. But what did they do? They slapped away the hand of God. They rejected Him. They said no to Him. Finally, to the point where they became an enemy of God and they are now rejected and without hope. And you know, and we do. We hear a lot of talk about reprobates these days. You know, churches that we associate with, they preach on it pretty regular. We often hear people too calling people reprobates. Sometimes justly, sometimes maybe unjustly. You know, you're not, you're not real sure. 
But I think what we need to learn to help us tell the difference between who's reprobate and who's not is I think something that will help us is when we study the reprobate and we look at their actions in the Bible and we look at what they do, when we look at the reprobate and their victims, I think this will help us to distinguish. And I think it's important that we do that. We don't want to go and we don't want to consider somebody reprobate when God hasn't considered them reprobate. We don't want to say that there's no hope for you when there is still hope for them. We want to try to reach those people before it's too late. Because see, here's why reprobates are so bad. It's not just because they're homos, all right? If, you know, even though we're disgusted by the sin of homosexuality, it just makes us sick. Even though we're just naturally repulsed by that, that, you know, and as wicked as that act is, what is so bad about the queers is what they do to people. It's the children they hurt. It's the people that they take advantage of. It's not the fact that they hurt themselves. I mean, who cares if they hurt themselves? You know, who cares? You know, that their suicide rate is super high. You know, at least they're taking care of business themselves since our government isn't doing it. Who cares about that? The reason they're so bad, it's not because of what they do to themselves. It's what they do to other people. It's their victims. And the fact that this supposed love that Christians have for the homosexual crowd and people like them is a very sick, twisted, perverted form of love. It really is. Because of the fact you know, you're, you're adoring people, you're loving people, you're trying to encourage a people that are destroying the souls of other people. And so we're, I want us to look at, uh, we're going to look at some passages in the Bible where it's talking about reprobates and sons of Belial. And we're going to look at what they do and their victims. And I think, this will, I think there's some things in here that will really help us. So first off, you know, who are these people? You know, who are the reprobates? Well, it's those that we, as we saw in these verses, who are rejected and beyond repair. These are people that cannot be fixed. These are people that, you know, there's just no point in trying to do anything with it. Okay? You know, have you ever had a, a car that you just finally get to the point, like, you know what, just, it's time for it to just go to the junk heap. And, you, and what do you do? You take it to the junkyard. You let them smash it up and burn it and melt it. Why? Because it's beyond repair. You've been trying to fix it. You know, you've put all this money into it. And it's just like, you know what? It's just time to go to the junkyard. All right? We've all been there before. And we've all done that. And, and that is, that's how it is with some people. There are some people that are not going to be fixed. There are some people, too, that uh, the cost of fixing them is too great. For example, you know, there are... I mean, I would say pretty much any car could be fixed, but is it really worth it? With the amount of work it would take, the amount of money, is it really worth just spending, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to have a guy go and completely rebuild a car when it would probably be cheaper to just get a new one? And the thing is, when it comes to certain people, the cost is too great to try to fix them because in the meantime, while we're trying to fix that homo, he's molesting other kids. He's getting, he's racking up more victims, okay? Some guy murders somebody. Well, we don't want to just put him in prison and forget about him. We don't want to just put him to death. We want to try to fix him. Yeah, but what, in the meantime, what if he's still continuing to kill people? You know, some serial, serial killers out there, and he's killing people. We don't, we don't have the right 
to be so loving and so just and so merciful that we just leave this guy alone hoping, you know, let's try to reach out to him. Let's send him a gift basket. You know, let's invite him to church. You know, let's let's send him some tracts and let's see if we can't change this guy and convert this guy while in the meantime, he's taking the lives of people. We have no right to do that. No right whatsoever. And we have no right to take a homosexual or somebody like that and to try to fix them when they are racking up victims. That is wrong. That is not fair. That is against what the Bible teaches. And there are, there's some people, it's just too late. They're too far gone. And there is no redeeming quality there. They are reprobate as the Bible teaches. So these people, they're also, they're those who fight for wickedness and against righteousness. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 7. Okay, now, I know, I understand that we're all sinners. I understand that. And I'm not trying to make light out of any of our sin. None of us in here pretend to be perfect and without sin. But how many of you who, let's say you struggle with the temper. How many of you that have a temper and it gets you in trouble on a regular basis? Okay, how many of you will at least admit, hey, that's a sin. I shouldn't do that. I need to get control of this, all right? Now, how many of you are like going out promoting having tempers? Well, you know what? This is my orientation. I was born this way. You know, I'm Scottish or I'm a redhead or whatever. And therefore, I have a right to have a temper and blow my top and beat people up and cuss people out. And you know what? I'm proud of it. And not only that, I'm going to try to recruit people for this. Now, I'm going to go around teaching people that, hey, you know what? It feels really good when you get mad somebody does something you don't like. Just go punch them in the nose. I mean, just go beat the daylights out of them. Get a gun and shoot them in the head. Okay? There's a difference between somebody who's struggling with that as a sinner and somebody who is promoting that. that a person like that. That person right there. I mean, that is a devil. There might be somebody out there. They might be struggling with being effeminate. Okay, uh, being effeminate is a sin. Okay, if you have a little child or a little boy and he's uh, a little boy that's being effeminate, you know what you do as a parent? You punish that. You deal with that. You train them to not be effeminate. You don't promote it. You don't go buy him a dress. You don't go buy him a doll and things like that. You know what you do? You punish that. You deal with that because that is a sin. But what do we... And, and there, are, there are people who maybe are struggling with that. And you know what? It doesn't mean they're reprobate. But then you've got other people out there that are effeminate and they promote being effeminate. They push it. They, they try to teach other people to be effeminate. That person is the reprobate. Look at what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs was also. There are people that are out there who have false doctrine. Okay? We, we, saw, we talked to them today. You ask them how to get to heaven, and they'll tell you, be a good person. One we are today, you know, follow the golden rule. That's what he said. Do unto others you'd have them do unto you. Okay? That's wrong. But here's the thing. They're not out writing books, teaching people the golden rule is the way to salvation. They're not out there teaching a works-based salvation. You know what they are? They're the victims of the reprobates. 
They're the victims of the people that are standing up against us, standing up against the truth so they can lead people into hell. That person, when you knock on their door and they say that, don't just say, you're a reprobate. Why? He's not been out fighting that. He's one of their victims. Okay? When we were at the, when I was at the conference this last week, that Joshua Jocelyn guy. You know, it's so interesting. It's, it's interesting the way the Lord works. I had heard about this guy. Uh, Brother Jeff Usler had made some videos a while back debunking his book on repentance. And I had watched the, some of those videos. And I didn't know who the guy was. And I was like, yeah, this Jocelyn Jocelyn guy, or Joshua Jocelyn guy's an idiot. You know, he was reading some of the stuff from the guy's book. The guy's clearly an idiot. You know, Jeff, and then just, that was like a year ago, I think. Just this week, I, it came up on like a recommended video. It was that guy responding to Jeff Utzler's videos. And I, I started watching the video and I watched like the first five minutes and he, this guy was saying incredibly stupid stuff. I was like, man, this guy is a moron. And I thought the video had just came out. I think somebody had shared it on Facebook or something. I thought the video just came out and I was going to leave a comment, but I noticed this video has been up for like a, you know, several months. It had been up for a long time. And I just now happened to see it. And I was like, well, it's pointless. You know, I wouldn't look. And this guy's already been rebuked by a bunch of people. It's like, this guy's too far gone. Well, when we were at the conference, who shows up with a bullhorn protesting? It's that guy. Now, I didn't know it was him at first. I didn't, I didn't recognize him. And I went out there and I, I was kind of with some guys. We were you know, arguing with them a little bit and laughing at him and all that. I mean, the guy's just a moron. It was, the stuff he's saying was so stupid. And I, I, I'm entertained by idiots, all right? And this guy, I, I was allowing myself to be entertained. But... You know, I, I love having a back-and-forth one-on-one conversation with people. And I remember, uh, but you know, he wouldn't put down his bullhorn. You can't talk over a guy with a bullhorn. And so we went back inside, and somebody said that was Joshua Jocelyn. I was like, really? I just saw the video of that guy this week, and I, I, did, I didn't realize it was him. I didn't recognize him. Well, then I went back out there. I wanted to take a picture of him. I wanted to take a picture of the crazy street preacher. And when I went out there, I was like, the only one that was out there... He puts down his megaphone. He's like, hey, you know, do you want to have a conversation? Do you want to talk? And I'm going to tell you right now, I wanted to bad. Because I enjoy arguing with people. But, you know, he had a couple people. He had, had this woman that was with him videoing stuff. And here's the problem. I, this is why I don't do debates. Okay? Because if I say one stupid thing, he's going to make a huge deal out of that. And I know, I know better than to try to convince a reprobate. I'm like, this, the Bible says a heretic after the first and second admonition, reject. This guy has been admonished over and over and over again. And as much as I wanted to, I would have enjoyed the conversation. All I would have been doing was taking the chance of saying one thing stupid. And if I say something stupid, that doesn't mean he's right all of a sudden. But I could end up hurting the cause by doing that. And in the meantime, I'm not going to help the guy. I'm not going to help. And so, had I not seen that video this last week and figured out the guy was already a reprobate from that, I probably would have went and had a conversation with him. And I might have said something to make me look stupid to end up hurting the cause. But think, reprobates, they're full of debate. They're full of debate and malignity. Why do they do that? Because they've got nothing to lose. Okay? A guy like him that's standing out in a street corner, you know, promoting heresy through his bullhorn, he's got nothing to lose. But I do have a testimony. I do have something to lose. And you've got to watch out for that. And you know what? You don't try to win over a reprobate. It's pointless. 
They're rejected. You, know, you have to just let them go to hell. That's all there is to it. And pray that the Lord gets them there before they take more people with them. That is, that is what we're supposed to do. That's what the Bible teaches. And guys like him are one who is fighting against the truth. But you know what? If I go out and I'm knocking doors and I talk to some other guy and he says some of the same thing, well, he's not the guy out in the street corner with a bullhorn. He's not the guy with the YouTube channel, the Facebook page, you know, that's, that's trying to convert people and this stuff. He's one of the victims. So you know what? I don't need to go calling those people a reprobate. If I go knock on somebody's door and they do, and they say some of the same things, they're not the one promoting it. They're not the one resisting. They are not the reprobate. I need to give that person a chance. I need to, I need to have compassion on that person because it's people like them that have been taken advantage of by the actual reprobates. That person is clearly on their way to hell because of another reprobate, but they're not the reprobate. And so we need to watch out for that and don't give up on them too quick. Look what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 27. It says, But the children of Belial said, How shall this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no presence, but he held his peace. When the people all came together, when they are united, what do the sons of Belial do? These people who are reprobates, they go and they're just they're trying to pull people away. They're not content to just do their own thing. They're not content to just, you know, have their own opinion and do their own wickedness by themselves. And this is how a lot of Christians are too. You know, well, it's none of our business, you know, what people do behind closed doors, you know, when it comes to homos and stuff like that. But here's the problem. Somebody who is a homo that has been given over to a reprobate mind. They are the ones who promote wickedness. And the thing is, homosexuals, they are not content to just go stay in the closet and just do their disgustingness behind closed doors. They all want to recruit. They are active. They are out there trying to win the hearts and minds over people. Why? Because they're trying to destroy. That is what they do. And that is why they're so dangerous because they are, they are those who they, they fight against they fight for wickedness. They fight against righteousness. That's why they just, you know, if, if they're just for marriage equality, okay? If lesbians are for marriage equality, why is it that my family, we can't all be together somewhere and see lesbians without them just giving us the most dis- dirty, disgusting looks you can imagine? Almost as dirty of a look as I give them. You know, why is that? Now, I'll admit, I'm not for marriage equality. Okay, but they try to say that they are. But you know what they are? They're despisers of those that are good. They hate righteousness. They hate the traditional family. They despise it. They want to see it destroyed. They're perverting marriage because they hate the sanctity of marriage of one man and one woman for life. They hate the family structure. They hate everything that God set up. They hate Genesis chapter 1 and 2. When God started the family, they hate all of that. And so they go out to pervert it. That is what a reprobate does. And so people like them who are there, who are just full-blown queers, these people, just like Romans 1 teaches, are clearly reprobate and they're dangerous because they are, they're out there fighting for marriage equality. And you know what? I could care less. You know, everybody, everybody's always got their exception in the, in the homo crowd. You know? They got their, oh, well, not all, not all homos are for marriage equality. Bruce Jenner doesn't believe in gay marriage. 
okay, the worst of the worst, you know, has a different you know, and, and people will try to use that. They'll they'll all find this one exception that they know about. Oh, so really, we're going to trust the guy who's telling us he's a woman. All right, yeah, you're an idiot. Okay, you're an idiot. If you're going to try to win an argument with something like that, that's the dumbest thing in the world. But some people, they are, there, there's some people that are they're part of false religions, but they're not reprobates. They're just wrong. Okay? Now, many times maybe their pastors are, but even some of them, there's pastors, they were, just, they were raised in that. They're victims. You know, they're, they're victims. That's all there's to it. You know, many of these people, they're not the ones fighting for the false doctrines. They're just deceived victims. And one of the things you always see the sons of Belial doing, they're always stirring up the crowd. They're always trying to get people on their side. And often, many people go to their side. Many people, why? Because these people, they get deceived. They get fooled. Now, what ends up happening is those ones who get deceived and fooled by the reprobates end up suffering as a result. Okay? And that's why the reprobates are so bad. They're making innocent people suffer. And that, because they are not content to do wickedness by themselves. So, uh, turn over to Romans 129. Romans 129. But I, I believe there are some differences in those who are reprobate concerning the faith and a regular reprobate. Alright? And don't, you know, try to add to what I'm saying right here. But turn over to Romans chapter 1 and verse 29. I want to show you something here. Because something that people often do that... Um, I don't think it's totally right. But it says in verse 129, it says, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whispers. It names how, it says how they're filled with all unrighteousness. And some people will teach that, you know, all reprobates are homos. So they'll take, you know, they'll take like a Sam gift for somebody who clearly is reprobate concerning the faith. I, I don't think, I don't think anyone would doubt uh, a Sam Gibbs reprobate concerning the faith. But I don't think he's a homo. Alright? Now, you say, well, you know, he'd, he'd, you know, he'd molest a child if he could get away. You know, it, it's there because they're filled with all unrighteousness. But here's the thing. If, if they're filled with all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness is all sins, right? Who has time to go and make transgress every commandment that's in the Bible? That would take a lot of time. Okay? None of us have broken every single commandment. Alright? None of us, none of us have done that. All right. Now, would they, if it suited them, if it helped their cause? Yes, because a person who's filled with all unrighteousness, that is a person. It's like us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, we're supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to be doing things that are right. We're going to be doing things that are godly. Does it mean we're going to do every single thing on the list of what is righteous? You know, at that time, no, but not, not, you know, that, you know, that would take a lot of time too to do every single thing that is righteous at one time. But if that person is filled with all unrighteousness, it just means this person, they have given their life to what their flesh desires. And not all desires for different people are the same. Okay. So if I'm somebody who's reprobate concerning the faith. Okay? If I'm the Sam Gipp, if I'm the uh, Billy Graham, if I'm the Joel Osteen, people like that. Now, I don't think, I've never even heard any rumor that Billy Graham ever did anything perverted. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised, and there's no way we would ever know. I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that Billy Graham never did anything 
physically immoral, was faithful to his wife his whole life. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. It wouldn't make me think he was in heaven. Uh, you know, any, you know, it, w- it wouldn't change anything there. But here's the thing. If I'm filled with all unrighteousness and my desire is to do the ultimate sin and take people to hell, it would be in my best interest. It would help me fulfill my desire to be a moral person. It would, it would fulfill my desire to have a good testimony and to be somebody who is a good example of a good person. If I'm wanting to, if I'm wanting to try to get people to hell by teaching a works-based salvation, would it not help if I am doing a lot of good works? If I'm doing many wonderful works? If I don't have any skeletons in my closet? Okay? Wouldn't all those things help? And if I'm going to fill, and so if, if that's the case, okay, we would all agree that even preaching is a sin if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, right? Okay? I mean, even if I go, if I go and I give, I just, you know, I pull out a $10 bill out of my pocket and I give it to Brother Mark right in front of everybody. Hey, I'm giving $10, but if I'm just doing it because I want to impress everybody and look like a big shot. Now it's, it's a sin, isn't it? And the thing is, the Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so these people, many of them who are reprobate concerning the faith, we're going to end up looking stupid when we're accusing them of being homos and stuff like that because of the fact they're not. These people are filled with all unrighteousness. But you know what their desire is? What they're giving their lives over to is deceiving people and getting them sent into hell. And it would be in their best interest to not do those things because chances are they're going to get caught. And then, how, and then, then what are they going to do? You know, it, it would really hurt their cause. And so, um, you know, it, 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 the, you know, the most pe- evil thing a person could ever do is destroy the souls of man. That's it. That's the most evil thing. And so if someone wanted to dedicate their life to that, it would be in their best interest to not be a murderer. Okay? And there are, there's a lot of people that reprobate concerning the faith that have never killed anybody. I doubt Joel Osteen's ever killed anybody. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't really want to. Okay? Now, I have sinful flesh, but at the same time, I have no desire to murder anybody. I don't want to go to hell. Or not go to hell. Go to prison. I'm sorry about that. I didn't want to teach a false doctrine there. I don't want to go to prison. I, I, don't want, I don't want to have that happen to me. You know? But a person that's filled with all unrighteousness, they are, they're just fully giving themselves over to the things of the flesh. Just that, that's all they do. Whatever it is, that, it, that flesh desires. And it's different for different people. And there are many people that are out there, they are reprobate concerning the faith. They are destroying the souls of people. And people that are reprobate concerning the faith, they are reprobates. They're not going to get saved. There is no hope for these people. It's foolish trying to win them over and trying to, uh, trying to get them saved. It's foolish to do that. They've been sending people to hell. I mean, if we think, if we believe that a person who murders somebody is worthy of the death penalty for physically killing somebody, I mean, how much more should somebody who is killing people spiritually... How much worse should they get? Well, that person ought to go to hell. For sure. No doubt about it. So look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 13. So that, that reprobate, they're those who fight for wickedness and against righteousness. They're not just those neutral victims that are being led astray. They're not the ones that are uh, you know, actively promoting it. They're just deceived. Okay? 
There's people, there's sheep out there that just have no shepherd. You know, they're just, they're lost. They're lost. That's what the Bible teaches. They are lost. They don't know what, what they're, where they're going or what they're doing. Deuteronomy 13, 13 says, Certain men, the children of Belial, are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods, which you have not known. And why didn't they just go do it by themselves? You believe in other gods? Go worship them. Isn't that what Joshua said? Hey, if it seem evil unto you to choose the Lord, or serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether it be the gods which your fathers served, which are on the other flood, okay, or the God of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, I'm going to serve the Lord. If you all want to serve other gods, you go do your thing. But what does the Bible teach too? What did it teach in the Old Testament law? It taught, I don't see where it said you can't just escape and go somewhere else and serve other gods. But it did teach in there, if anybody, even one of your family members that you love, if they come to you and they say, let us go serve other gods. So you put them to death. Okay? That person there, it's a reprobate. Why? What are they do? Not just because they got deceived by idols. What are they doing? They're trying to pull you away to other gods. They're just, what did what, what that do? They're destroying the souls of people. That's why they're so bad. He's saying, just put them to death. Why? Because they're trying to get victims. They're already long gone in their mind. Put them down before they go and they recruit people to follow other gods and end up destroying what you do. See, they're not content to do wickedness by themselves. Look at verse 14. Then shalt thou inquire and make search and ask diligently, and behold, if it be truth, and the thing certain that such abomination is wrought among you. Okay? He said it's an abomination what they're doing. Trying to get people to serve other gods. It's an abomination. These people were an abomination. And they are, they're out there recruiting. Okay? And these reprobates, they are recruiters. That is what they do. They say, people have been saying it for years. Even the old IP, they said this all the time. They can't reproduce, so they recruit. And that is exactly what they do. That's why they have their gay pride rallies. That's why they are so overly, you know, shown on television and promoted on there. Because they're promote, they're what they're trying to recruit. That is what it's all about. And so, no, uh, look at what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 1. It says, And it happened to be, to be there a man of Belial, whose name was Sheba, son of Bichri, of Benjamite. And he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tents, O Israel. So every man of Israel went up from after David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah clave unto their king from Jordan even to Jerusalem. What's this guy want to do? You know what? I want to be the king. What does he do? He goes out and he blows a trumpet. First thing this guy does is he tries to recruit. He tries to form a rebellion. Okay? And that's why you have the Ellen DeGenerates that have their television shows. How in the world did she get so famous? She's ugly. She's not funny. Her dancing moves are stupid. I mean, she's got nothing going for her at all. But yet, she's so stinking famous. Why is that? You know why? It's because there's people behind her using her, promoting her, trying to recruit. They get, and they do, they just get the most vile, abominable people. Why? Why can't they get a pretty one? You know why? Because there aren't any. You know, that, they, they, you know that, that's, that's why. But you would think that that, would, that person 
would be more likely to recruit and win people over. But you know what? Sometimes they just don't have a choice. Because the people that do that, that are just the recruiters, they are. They are just the most sick scum of the world. And I don't care how nice that she seems on her show. She is sick, dirty, disgusting scum. That is what the Bible teaches about people like her. Those who are reprobate concerning the faith. They often go places where there's a great deal, where they can have a great deal of influence. Okay? People often, they attack, you know, Brother Hiles because of some of the people that were in his ministry. Okay? For example, Bill Grady taught at Hiles Anderson College. Well, you know, Brother Hiles obviously didn't have a whole lot of wisdom. Well, hang on a second. First off, that was a massive ministry. He can't sit in every class that's going on there. But one thing, and Bill Grady told me this out of his own mouth. Okay? And he tells this story everywhere he goes about when he left Hiles Anderson College, he left early in the morning, he sees some guy that's like, too many memos, huh, Brother Grady? He tells this story everywhere he goes. Like, you know why he was getting all these memos? Because he was getting confronted because they were finding out he's preaching heresy. He kept getting in trouble because he was preaching his retardation in that college and Brother Hiles was against it and he's hearing these things. He's getting these reports and they're giving him these memos. They're giving him chance after chance. And you know what? He knew he was on his way out. And, but he went there even though he knew Brother Hiles was not a dispensationalist and didn't believe in all that retardation. He knew that. He knew he wasn't a fan of Peter Ruckman. But he went there. Why? Because that was the big college of that time that's putting preachers out like crazy. And so what's he doing? He's going there and he's recruiting. And there were, there were guys like him that were there. There were guys like Jack Patterson that were there. And there's, there's other people. I don't know all the names that were involved there. But you know what? Hey, those guys ended up leaving. And... You know, and you can try to blame them all you want, and you can try to criticize them for that, but that's just what reprobates do. And they're good at it. And they're sneaky. I've, I've heard people, you know, they, they criticize Pastor Anderson because Tyler Baker was in his church, and Garrett Kirchway was on staff in his church. And what's wrong with this man that he has a Garrett Kirchway and a Tyler Baker? Well, the reason these people are doing that and using that against them is because they're morons and they don't understand the Bible and that it makes sense that the wolves in sheep's clothing, that those reprobate concerning the faith are going to sneak into one of the most influential churches in the world. That is exactly where they're going to go. If I'm some reprobate concerning the faith and if I'm wanting to do as much damage as possible, I'm going to sneak into a place that's having a massive influence. So you know what? There is no surprise by that. You know what we ought to do? We ought, what we ought to do is look and say, hey, what did he do when he found out these guys were heretics? And you know what he did? He fired those guys fast. He fired them. They, he got rid of them way faster than Brother Hiles got rid of Bill Grady. People like him. You know, why don't we commend that? But no, everybody wants to act like, you know, he must be doing a bad job teaching people because he's had these heretics in his church. no. If there are reprobates that want to deceive, that want to recruit, and they want to be in a place of influence. Why do you think there's so many of them in the news media? Why do you think there are so many homos in Hollywood? Because that is the most influential place in the world. They are shaping the minds of our country, so they are going to be full of reprobates. That's why they go into politics. They go into places where they will have the greatest influence. And you know what? 
Tyler Baker and Garrett Kirchway won't be the last ones that go in there. Because there's going to be others. There's going to be others that are reprobate concerning the faith that want to do as much damage as possible. And if you're going to want to do damage, you're going to want to go to a church like Faithful Word. It only makes sense that they would do that. But unfortunately, because nobody wants to talk about reprobates, because preachers don't want to study about reprobates because they're scared they would have to preach it, they'll see situations like that and they can't see through it. They're too foolish to see through that. They think, there must be something wrong. You must not be a very good teacher. Nope. Those guys are just reprobates. That's what they do and they're good at it. They stand up. And so, those... you know. The, uh, reprobates are not content to do wickedness by themselves. You know what's sad though is I do believe there are people that those guys influenced that weren't reprobate. But you know what? That's why they're so bad. Because now there are they're leading people astray, and there's these people that are going to their churches, the people they're influencing are going to be much less likely to get saved. And here's the thing too. When it comes to the reprobates' victims, okay, like I said, many people, they're victims. They're not the reprobate, they're the victim. But reprobates' victims are always on the path to being a reprobate themselves. And that's another reason reprobates are so bad, because they recruit. And so many of these people that are following, you know, the Ruckmanites, the, you know, the Tyler Tarians, as I've heard them called, people like that. These people, many of them are not reprobates yet, but they're on their way to being a reprobate. Just like the homosexuals, the people that they are abusing, the kids that they are abusing, they're not necessarily reprobate yet, but they're on their way. They're on their way unless something happens. I'll say more about that in just a second. So look at Judges chapter 19 and verse 22. Another thing we need to see about understand about reprobates is they do the most vile, just disgusting things imaginable. Two people. Okay? They do these things. Two people. It says in Judges 19.22, we're not going to read the whole story now. They were, make, they were making their hearts merry. Behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, beset the house round about and beat the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring forth the man that came to thy house that we may know him. And you all know the story. It's one of the most disgusting stories in the Bible. And you know what? That's what reprobates do. They do the most horrible, disgusting things imaginable. Sodomy is one of the sickest sins in, on the earth. Pedophilia is one of the sickest sins on the earth. Why? Because there are victims there. It's disgusting. It's horrible what they do. Look what it says in chapter 20, verse 13. The judges says, Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brother and the children of Israel. What did they do when they found it? Let's put, these, let's put them to death. We've got to put evil away from among Israel. And listen, there is a reason that our public school system, our government is doing everything they can to try to keep people from believing in God and to try to keep, uh, keep us from teaching our children about God. There is a reason that there is an active effort to get all our kids in the public school system. They want to teach our kids that there is no God. And it's not just so they will go to hell. That's not the only reason, alright? Most homos don't believe in hell. But they don't want our children believing in God. And there's a very good reason. Because remember what the Bible says? When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. 
Okay? They know that there's a God. They've just rejected God. They know that. And there is a reason. They know more than we think. There is a reason they don't want our children knowing about God, believing God. And I'll tell you why. It's in Exodus chapter 22, verse 22. It says, "...ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry, and my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives and your, and shall be widows, and your, and your children fatherless." Did you all see that right there? He said, "...you don't oppress the widow or that fatherless child." If you oppress them, he, did, he didn't say if you oppress them, I'll kill you. He said if you oppress them and they call on me, I'll kill you. That's what he says right there. So you know why homos don't want children knowing about God? Because they're child molesters. You know why Catholic priests teach the lies that they do? Because they're child molesters. And what do they want? They want to take advantage of these kids. And what ends up happening with these kids? What ends up, most homosexuals, especially lesbians, they were all sexually abused growing up. Almost all of them. And what ends up, what do they end up doing most of the time? They end up hating God. They end up hating God. They end up becoming haters of God and they become reprobates themselves. But you know what? If these people would have been taught that there was a God, like Pastor Schiff, what I talked about a while back, he had people that took advantage of him. He had people that abused him. But you know what? He was saved. He already believed in God. And you know what? He was able to overcome those things. And we see in the Bible that you know God hears the cries of these children. God heard the cries of those who were in Sodom and that's why God destroyed it. And you know what? We need to get the Word out there to young children. We need to suffer the little children to come to Christ. Why? In case any of these animals ever touch these kids, it's our desire that they will call out to God and God will kill them. We want these people to die, that God will put them in depression so deep that they will go ahead and kill themselves since our government's not doing it. Our government's not protecting our children. We're not doing that. And maybe if we will teach our kids about God and they ever were to take advantage of one of these, you know what? They'll call on the Lord and the Lord will kill them. That's what God said He would do. You think, that was the Old Testament. It doesn't make God mad anymore. You think that doesn't make God mad anymore? When some sick pervert molest some kid? Mo, we need to teach our kids about God. We need to get the Word out there to people about God. Not just so they'll get saved, but so they'll call out God when they're messed with by these animals. And the Lord can take care of them and put them down. That is what we've got to do. So they are, these people, they do just the most unspeakable, unimaginable things. And there are many children, there are many uh, young people that... They're, they're the victims right now. We need to try to reach out to them. Listen, if there's some little five-year-old transgender kid, some little boy that thinks he's a girl, that kid is not reprobate. All right, he is a victim of reprobates. Okay, his parents are the reprobates. A little kid that's not even old enough to get saved is not old enough to become a reprobate. But understand. Because that little child is a, obviously a victim of reprobates, that child is on his way to becoming a reprobate. If you go and you're just such a sick parent 
that you would start dressing your kids up in this gender-neutral stuff or switching back and forth like they do, not deciding if it's a boy or a girl and letting them make the decision later. Okay, you are, you are sick, you are, you are reprobate, and your child's probably going to become a reprobate too. But in the meantime, let's not be too quick to forget about them and you know, pray that their parents die and they end up in a good home or something where they'll be taught the truth. But many people, you know, you know that, that little reprobate, really? Five years old? No, that's the victim right there. There's many teenagers that are out there that are all, they're, maybe they're sexually confused right now because they've been messed with, maybe even by their parents and by family members. They are confused. And they start doing weird stuff. They start acting weird. They're not necessarily reprobate. Yes, they are the victim. They are the victim. If we don't reach them, it's only a matter of time and they'll probably become the reprobate. But we've, we've just got to understand, many people are just victims. And we've got to be careful and not go hating them. We've got to love them and try to reach them before it's too late. And real quickly, i got, uh, I, I got to go through these real quick. Uh, turn over to First uh, Kings chapter 21, verse 9. So the reprobate, they, they're people who push and promote lies. Okay, so we, you know, never, so that, we've all lied before. We've all told a lie. We've all, uh, you know, at the spur of the moment, maybe said something that wasn't completely true, trying to stay out of trouble, whatever. But you know, there's a difference. Said, so and sometimes it's trying to cover our own backside, and it's just somebody who is actively promoting a lie, just try, trying to deceive. It says in First Kings twenty-one nine. It says then. And she wrote letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people and set two men, sons of Belial before him, to bear witness against him. Alright? We're not going to read the whole story. What did Jezebel's wicked she was, she's like, you know what? I want to take care of Naboth. We've got to get rid of him. We need somebody to lie against him. We need two witnesses. We need two witnesses. So who are we going to get to promote a lie like this? Most lost people would have too much conscience to just go make up a lie about somebody to have them put to death. So what does she say? Let's go get two sons of Belial. They'll do it. They'll do anything for a little bit of money. That's how, that's how they are. Offer a little bit of cash. They'll be all over it. Promoting a lie. Second Corinthians chapter 13. And, um, or Second Chronicles. No, Corinthians, I'm sorry. Second Corinthians 13 verse 5. It says, Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves so that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Okay? He's saying we can't, we can't, we're not reprobate because we can't do anything but for the truth. But you know what? That reprobate, they can't do anything but lie. That's, that's all they're capable of. That's all they're good for. Revelation 22.15 says, you know, For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. And notice all of these things that are mentioned too. These are the, the things that they do. These are not sins against themselves. It sins against other people that hurt other people. Okay, the dogs. The, the whole, I believe I was talking about homosexuals, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters. Whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. These are things that are against other people. They hurt other people. 
That's why they are so bad, because they have victims. Their victims are who we're thinking about. Because we are actually loving, a loving person is going to hate reprobates because there are so many casualties that are in their path. They hurt so many innocent people. You cannot be a loving person without having hatred towards a reprobate. It just doesn't even make sense. But a reprobate, it's those who can't do good, no matter how hard they try. Titus 1.16 says, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being an abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. They're, just, they're worthless. They're good for nothing. They're against every good work. They're, you know, to every good work, they're reprobate. In other words, they can't contribute any good. They have absolutely nothing to offer. Unlike Johnny Nixon says, you know, these homos or eunuchs, as he wants to call them, you know, they're great for in church working with children and stuff like that. No, they're not. They're worthless. They have no place in the house of God. There is no good in them at all. They can try to do good all they want, but they, they can't. They're not capable of good. And I know you've got the reprobates that are you're the homos that are like the nice, clean cut looking ones, and then you got the you know, the other ones. I saw a couple of female ones when we got back from the there's a lot of homos at airports all the time. I gotta think, why are there so many homos at airports? And I got to thinking about it. You know, I love traveling, but I can't afford it. I have six kids. Homos don't have any kids. So therefore, two incomes. Heterosexual houses, usually you know, the right kind, you have one income and a bunch of kids. How are you going to go traveling all the time? When you're homos, two incomes, no kids. That's why they're traveling all the time. That's why they're all over the place in airports and why they love Disney World so much. They're the only, not just because Disney provokes faggotry, it's because they're the only ones that can afford it. You know, that's why. So I had that revelation this week as I was seeing all the abominations everywhere. But it is, it's, it's absolutely foolish to bring a reprobate in the church. On every good work, they're reprobate. They're worthless. They have nothing they can contribute. Homosexuals have absolutely nothing that they contribute to society except they help the medical industry by getting AIDS and all kinds of diseases everywhere. It helps keep them in business. But I would actually like to see that business not do good. All right, All they contribute to society is disease. What is that? That is the land itself vomiting out the inhabitants. That is the one sin. I hate, to, I hate to steal a line. I'm going to give credit to Phil Kidd. I heard him say it one time. He said, that's the only sin in the Bible that makes the earth vomit. Like, good point. It does. The land itself vomits out the inhabitants. They make the world puke. But unfortunately, if it, if it was only the homos that got AIDS, then who cares? But unfortunately, they spread their diseases to the innocent, to the people that they take advantage of. Do I want there to be a cure for AIDS? Sure, because of all the innocent people, but not for the homos. Not for them. You know, that's, that's something... You know, God put things in nature to help keep things balanced. And there are, there are things that we need. We actually need bugs sometimes. You know, it helps balance the ecosystem. And so does AIDS. Why? Because it gets rid of the homos. But unfortunately, they, they spread that stuff to innocent people, and that's why they're so bad, creating more victims. But reprobates, they're wicked. Not just because they cannot be saved, but because they do damage to those around them. We need to remember 
we have the ministry of reconciliation. We're trying to get the lost saved. And we need to understand we've got an enemy out there that's trying to stop us. We have people working against us. And they are the reprobates. But you know what? I don't want to give them victory before the battle's over. That reprobate that's fighting for the soul of some of these children in town and right now is on the path to victory, you know what? I don't want to just say, well, they're already going that way. Forget it. No. No, I want, I'd like to get them out of that. I'd like to stop them because you know what? Every time a homo recruits another person, okay, once again, now that's another homo out there recruiting. You know, so we do. We want to try to save these people. We want to try to help their victims. And we need to learn to tell the difference. And we need to understand, too, that this is why reprobates are so bad. It makes me sick. Every time I hear some preacher get up, and you know, some, you know, some preacher in a church, you got the Cameron Giovanellis that are predators, taking advantage of people in church as a pastor. And what do they do? Oh, we got to restore them. You know, we need to be compassionate. We need to be forgiving. What about his victims? Are we, why are we forgetting about them? You know, we need to think about the homos. We need to be compassionate. What about their victims? How would you like it if some vile animal went and just did horrible things to your child and killed them? And then I said, you know what? Let's forgive them. And I had that authority. I had some authority to just pardon that person and forgive them. You know, and, I, and, I do, and then I do it trying to make myself look forgiving and Christ-like. You know, that, that would make you sick. That would be sick. And I, these, these churches that are taken in, Greg Neal, who likes to take in the perverts to his church, is a sick, twisted man. He is a sick, vile individual that would do that, that would bring people like that who have had victims and bring them into their church. How dirty and disgusting is that? He's not thinking about that person's victims. You know what he's doing? Well, I'm afraid in his case, he's protecting these because he's one of them. That's what I'm afraid. And I'm afraid he's proved that with his videotaping that he has done. And... We've got, to, we've, we've got to start seeing the reality of this. We've got to understand why, you know, there's a reason we're down on reprobates. And I hope this helped you. I'm not a guy that just enjoys going around hating people and wanting them to die. You know, I, I, don't, I don't go looking for somebody to, you know, who do I want to just go and imagine dying today? You know, I'm, I'm not looking for that. Okay? I'm not looking for that. But sometimes... We have to face ourselves with the realities that are out there. We can't ignore it. We can't ignore what the homo crowd is doing to our country. And we need to address it. And we need to take a hard look at it. And then when you take a look at what they're actually doing, it ought to stir something up in you. It ought to bother you. And you ought to be, you ought to be trained. It ought to cause you to train your child to call on the Lord for everything in case one of them ever do. So that way you can at least know God will take care of that filth. That's, that ought to be our desire. So, With that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank You so much for Your goodness to us. And Lord, I pray You'll help us to be a compassionate people. Lord, help us to be sympathetic towards the victims of the reprobates. And I pray You'll help us to try to reach them before they get recruited, before they cross over 
and, and become a hater of you. I pray help us to train our children to love you and to call on you. And if, God forbid, anything were ever to happen, Lord, I pray that you would protect them and uh, I pray that you would deal with those who would ever try to harm anyone here. And Lord, we just uh, pray you'll help us to spread this word and help us to try to make a difference in our country in this issue. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand.